Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Uh, today we are here with Dr. Cedric Dark. Dr. Cedric Dark is an ER doctor, a writer, and influencer at the Medical Center in Houston, Texas. One of his mottos is heading or healing the sick through medicine and advocacy. Dr. Cedric Dark, welcome to Politics Done Right. How you doing? I am doing just fine. Look, um, I, I want to start really uh, right from the beginning. Could we have mitigated this uh, pandemic in the United States if we had just masked up even before the vaccine? You know, yeah, that was one of the big mistakes early on last year when, uh, you know, right here in Houston, you know, we had a mask mandate that was in effect for a while and then it kind of got obliterated for about 67 days or so. Um, before it was clarified that, you know, businesses could still do mass mandates, just the mass mandates couldn't really apply to individuals. Um, and, you know, that's why we wound up in having that first wave last summer. And now I think it's, it's just mostly this concept of people don't want to go around wearing masks no matter what. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, I was, you know, went out to a restaurant last night, the waiters like leaning over, leaning over us um like everybody at our table was vaccinated but the waiter's not vaccinated not even wearing a mask and had to go to the the uh manager and be like can you get this person a mask because they don't need to be waiting on us in that situation it's, you know you're in customer service business we're in the middle of a pandemic that sort of thing and i mean i understand people you know might want to do normal things right like go eat somewhere um and it's like you just got to do simple stuff, really. Yeah, that, that is completely sad. Um, now, we're, we're beyond that now. We have vaccinations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, now. Yeah. But we have this new, uh, first of all, of the people that are coming into your emergency room, uh, are you having mostly vaccinated, unvaccinated? What are you seeing? No, pretty much, I would say almost all the people that I see are unvaccinated. Um, some of the numbers that I've seen out of Alabama is like nine out of 10. Um, and, and it kind of depends on where you are. So like the people, my friends that are in the Northeast, you know, Massachusetts, New York, they see a lot more percentage wise of vaccinated people having breakthrough infections, but that's because their percentage of vaccinated population is much higher. So you're expecting to see that kind of thing. Like if hundred percent of everybody were vaccinated, then 100% of the cases would be vaccinated breakthrough cases, right? If you if you look at the math that way, right. whereas if you have 0% of the people vaccinated, then every single case would be an unvaccinated case. Um, you know, we're closer to zero than we are to, to uh, you know, being perfectly vaccinated in, in our society at this point down here in Texas. And so it makes a lot of sense that we're seeing this remaining a pandemic of the unvaccinated at this point. Now, look, I hate to bring up people like Grogan and all people that are given sort of misleading information here, but I think this one is very important. Uh, Grogan went on his show recently and said, uh, you know, right now we've been telling Americans that the, unvac the problem that we have in the country right now is the unvaccinated. Well, he has taken a report from somewhere to claim that because uh, vaccinated people 
uh, can have the same amount of the new uh, predominant uh, variant of the virus, the Delta variant, because they can have that in their system and can transmit it, that they may actually be more dangerous than the unvaccinated because they're taking less precaution. And because they are vaccinated with the virus, it has a larger uh, probability of mutation. Could you dispel that or give uh, or explain that better for the audience? I think it just needs a little bit more context, right? So if you're talking about vaccinated people are being less cautious, a couple of weeks ago, prior to Delta variant being a big concern, you know, the CDC guidance was that if you were vaccinated, you could go out and you didn't necessarily have to have a mask on. Um, and so that's probably where that idea is being twisted. However, in reality, you know, I find that the people that are actually getting vaccinated are also more cautious in general and therefore are more likely to wear masks in general it's not like there's a bunch of unvaccinated people that are wearing masks as an alternative you know maybe there are some and and quite frankly if you choose to go unvaccinated the least you could do is wear a mask you know to protect yourself your family and the people around you so you know i'm not going to necessarily try to get into the mythology from all the covid deniers and covid uh, you know, minimizers out there, but let's just talk about real things about what you can do as an individual to minimize your own risk. Now, what is the state of your emergency room right now? I know you, you're in one of the major emergency centers here in Houston. Yeah, I, you know, I specifically can't talk about what it's like in my emergency room, but mm-hmm. I can tell you about what it's like overall. Now, for those of you that may not be familiar the southeast region of Texas has this organization called SETRAC, which keeps track of all the hospitals um, in nine counties, including Harris County and the surrounding areas. It covers about 6.6 million people. Okay. As of a couple of days ago, there were 56 ICU beds for all of those people in the entire region. Okay. For 6.6 million people. And that's whether you're in a car wreck, whether you're having a heart attack, whether you're having a stroke not just if you're having COVID. Uh, and so we're, we're at a crisis point right now. Hospitals in general are full. Um, if you show up, there's gonna be a long wait. If you're having an emergency, still come into the emergency room. You know, we, we are there to help triage people and figure out if you're having a heart attack, you're gonna get treated fast, but it may take a while for you to maneuver through the system if you need more specialized care, if, you're, if you show up at the hospital that doesn't have the services that you need, that sort of thing. If you show up for your ankle sprain, you might be sitting there for 8, 10, 12 hours, that sort of thing to be seen. Um, But if you're having something serious, you think it's life-threatening, still come in. We're able to sort through people, and the next person that comes back is going to be the sickest person, you know. But if you if you are in ER and you have to wait, you need to be patient with us because it's it's not necessarily our fault. It's that there's a blockage behind us and, and people can't go upstairs to rooms, therefore people can't come back into the ER. So we're actually seeing people as many as we can, like out front in the waiting area as, as much as possible. Now, given that a lot of this is causal because of the unvaccinated, there have been serious people stating that at this point in time, there there's a particular person that came on and actually a video that went viral that said, look, my wife had cancer. She couldn't get any treatment because the hospitals are filled. Uh, and she was prioritized out of getting her treatment. Isn't it time for those who have not received vaccines to be prioritized 
down? Is there some way to do that and advertise that that's going to be done? Because again, uh, the people that decide or chose not to be vaccinated, they're putting the lives of other responsible people at risk. Sure they are, but you know, so do people that decide to drink and drive and so do people that decide to smoke cigarettes and we don't all of a sudden stop treating them in the medical profession. Our job is to take care of the person that's in front of us and to not judge them for the choices that they make. Now, would I want every single person to choose not to smoke and to you know, be sober when they're driving and to get a COVID vaccine and to wear a mask? Of course I would, but I'm not going to deny someone treatment for choices that they've made, okay? The, the thing that you're talking about is completely true though. What, what people are you know, talking about like scheduled surgeries, you know, things that people need to get done can't get done right now because we're near capacity. And in some places, certain places might be over capacity. And because of that, if you have a scheduled surgery, that's gonna get bumped to a later time when we're hopefully through this wave and our healthcare system isn't as stretched as much as it can so that you can get that accommodated. But in the meantime, you're going to have to wait. And so right now we're essentially rationing healthcare based on bed availability. And that's due to people's choices to not get vaccinated and to perpetuate this pandemic. I mean, what you said was very important, doctor. I mean, that was a very important concept for Americans to hear that, wait a minute, there are a lot of other things that humans do that had they not they would not have presented to the emergency room. That is a very important thought process right there. Now, that said, I'm going to ask the, the sort of the same question in another way. Uh, would we enhance people's or better people's behavior if within our triage system, we had some sort of a ranking based on behavior, not just vaccinated behavior, but just some of those other behaviors you spoke about? I think, you know, the best example of what you're trying to get at, I think at this point is what do we do about people that catch COVID, wind up having severe illness, their lungs essentially fill up with pus, you know, like a sponge filled with, you know, uh, banana pudding. That's what they look like, right? And then they need a lung transplant. Who do we give the next lung to? Do we give it to that person that decided I'm not going to wear a mask? I'm not going to get vaccinated. You know, I'm going to enjoy my freedom. And then they wound up catching COVID um, and and needing a lung transplant. Or are we going to give it to the kid that's got um, cystic fibrosis or another individual that for whatever reason needs a lung but is otherwise doing what they need to do? That's right now, I think, uh, an area of medical ethics that is being looked at. And, you know, there's some precedent to that. If you, and and I'm not the perfect person to talk about because I don't do transplant and I don't do transplant ethics, but you know, if someone has been a chronic alcoholic to the point that their liver is completely shot and burned out and they need a liver transplant, they're not necessarily going to be prioritized for one if they're still drinking, right? And so it's the same thing. If someone is not masking and they catch COVID, are we certain that they're going to be able to mask after they get their lung transplant, after they're put on immunosuppressive medications that knock down their immune system and make them even more um, likely to get infectious disease if they're not going to get vaccinated? And I think that you probably will see some decisions at that point in time when it comes to how do we treat the extremely sick in terms of how they wound up there, as opposed to how we treat um, people when they walk in the door 
which is what I deal with, those people we're going to treat equally regardless. That, that, ma that makes a lot of sense. Now, where do we go from here? We are in, in a bad spot right now, and we don't exactly know where things are going. As far as you're concerned, right now, there's a Delta variant that the vaccines still seem to work with. We understand from Peru, uh, we have a Lambda variant that is uh, starting to appear in the United States of America as well. We are not sure how effective the vaccines are going to be like this. So there are two questions here. One, is uh, COVID going to behave, let's say, like the common cold, where the mutation is such that really you can't have a long-term vaccine specifically for it? And two, what does that say about our future uh, freedom, if you will, uh, in, in this country going forward now that we've had this novel virus that's really knocked on us? Yeah, I don't really know the answer to that. And I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that. So if anyone tells you they do, they're probably lying to you. Um, but what I would say is I worry, and a lot of people worry that COVID is going to become what we call endemic to American society. So it's going to be something like, um, I, I would probably more equate it towards pneumonia than anything else. You know, if, if you've got, um, you know, older parents and, you know, when they turn 60, 65 or so, they get the pneumonia shot to try to prevent pneumonia. Um, I'm assuming COVID is going to be something like that, more or less, where it still occurs. But, you know, do we walk around acting as if it's this thing that everyone's avoiding, you know, five, 10 years from now, maybe not. It might just be, oh, this is a type of pneumonia, a type of infectious organism that causes the pneumonia. That might be the case. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to a point where people are vaccinated. Hopefully the vaccine will provide long-term immunity. Um, and therefore the cases that we do see will be sporadic and amongst maybe either breakthroughs or just the, the small percentage of people that remain unvaccinated. That's the hope. But I, I worry that it's going to be with us for a long time, if not now, forever. Has there been any modeling done to tell uh, what it would be like if all of us simply went unmasked? There probably has been. Um, we know cases. I, I, I'm not familiar with specific data of that um, in terms of what it would look like. But, you know, from some estimates that I've seen prior, like last year, we know for sure that masking reduces the number of cases. Um, and when you reduce cases, you're going to reduce things like hospitalizations, ICU stays, and you know all the all the downward effects on the healthcare system. So we we know that actually works because, you know, fortunately slash unfortunately, we had a great natural experiment with this last year, with certain right. states implementing mask mandates, certain states not doing it, and with the delay in terms of how long it took some states to get this. So we know that masks actually work to cut these cases down. Um, so. For me, like seeing that kind of policy-driven data um, and then contrasting that with the actual policy decisions that are made is pretty frustrating. Uh, doctor, what would you like to uh, close with telling our audience uh, going forward? If, if, you know, the governors of in the South are not going to implement mask mandates, it's on you to do this yourself for your family. So if someone's coming over to your home, they either need to be vaccinated and wearing a mask um, if you're deciding that you want to go out and eat at a restaurant, get vaccinated, wear a mask. You know, you, you're going to have to control your domain and your bubble and anybody that's coming around you, whether it's your parents or your siblings or your cousins or whatever. If they want to come up inside your house, 
and they don't want to get vaccinated, they can stay outdoors. They can not come around. And, you know, you're just going to have to protect, protect yourself more than anything else because you can't necessarily rely on um, anybody else to protect you at this point. Dr. Cedric Dart, ER doctor, writer, influencer at the Medical Center in Houston. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.